0: and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now wherever you get your podcasts.
1: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
2: Hi, friends. It's Bridie and Jeremy back again another week with uh, this week's guest Kay from Out West. This is such a fun episode. It's kind of a return to old school Termion vibes. We talked to Kay about her relationship with her dad growing up in a small town uh, with uh, one or two things going on in his life and family life that uh, you're going to find out real soon. Get ready for some uh, gentle twists and turns and uh, we'll see you on the other side.
0: Um, well, this is gonna be really fun because um, uh, I, I, right? I feel like it's been. I mean, I, I don't know. Time has been so fucky since COVID started. I, I it's hard yeah. for me to. It's hard for me to to track like what is going on in a period of time. You know, I went to a bar with two friends last night, and uh, and and then I saw my friend that I was at the bar with just a moment ago, and thought were we at the bar together last night or was that like a week ago? Mm-hmm. Time is a fucking weird, fickle thing right now. Yes. But I feel legit. I feel like I might be nailing this. It's probably been like maybe two years since we've just had a, an OG Termion episode <laughs> where we're just like, yo, let's talk to someone who is not fucking therapist who's not a sexual researcher who's not a, a, a an OnlyFans model let's just talk to a regular muggle <gasps> about their sex life uh-huh. and about their upbringing and about their sexual debut like it's been a while since we've had like one of those Oh, geez! Turn me on episodes.
2: Yeah, and it's not because we don't want to do those episodes. Anymore. No, absolutely not. Just kind of what comes across the uh, the table. So if you hear that and you're one of these people with a story, feel definitely reach out because I'm really like I was really rel- I'm just really relieved to sit down and have this conversation today. Actually, it just feels yeah, it feels like old hat. Feels like just feels like hanging out, comfortable. Hanging
0: out. We're hanging out today with our friend Kay <laughs> uh, from uh, the opposite side of the country. And uh, Kay, I'm, I'm very excited to talk to you uh, for a plethora of different reasons that we don't even need to get into, but I'm, I'm excited to talk to you about your, you've got a really interesting story and a really interesting upbringing. And yep. uh, and I know that it has a lot to do with that. Uh, there's going to be da- dads are going to be involved in this.
2: Mm-hmm. I, think,
0: I think we all, I think all of us have. A, I've
2: been thinking a lot about my dad lately, so.
0: I think we all have some stuff with our dads. Yeah, when I
2: read your email, I was like, I bet... I bet my dad also would have benefited from the language of polyamory. My dad was not a serial monogamist, but uh but you indicated that your dad was. So yeah. maybe we should jump into some dad talk. Sure. All right. Okay. Um yeah, I guess I'll just start with like the
3: the thing that is always the interesting part of my story, which is that I grew up with a dad who owned a porn store. Um <laughs>
1: And I feel like that's not a
3: very common thing. It's
0: not. And <laughs> no. I laugh at that because I used to work at a porn store and I wish I got the chance to meet whoever owned it. I don't think I ever knew the person who owned it. I knew the person that managed it and they were a character. But owning oh, yeah. a porn store, like that is, I mean. Were
2: you born into a. A porn store, porn store family.
0: <laughs> Were you born in the porn <laughs> show? Born in yeah. the porn store family. I mean, close, but
3: okay. um, no. So I think what's unique about this too is it, like, it's not like my dad bought a franchise; like, he started his own wow. independent porn store in a small conservative town. Um, wow. So in
2: 1994, I was four years old. Okay. Yeah. And this is when the porn store opened. Correct. In a small town. Correct. A small
0: conservative town. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
2: Was it the only porn store in town? Oh, yes. Okay. for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Well,
0: can uh, can I ask, like, what your old man was up to before he decided to open up the the only porn store in the small town?
3: (laughs) He ran and owned a lounge attached to his parents' bowling alley that they owned. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, And before that, he worked in radio.
0: Okay. okay. Wow. A personality. At least yes. now I know if this fails that I can <laughs> go in and open up a lounge attached to the bowling alley. I or would love that. Open a porn store.
2: I would right? love that. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> so it, I, like the porn store thing, one of the things that I'm curious about is like you were saying it was 1994. You were four mm-hmm. years old. Mm-hmm. Um. Is Is this a... Like when I think about when I was four and think about growing up, up to my, my like adult years, my dad pretty much had the same job the entire Mm -hmm. time. And, and, you know, he would different companies, but same work, same shit, just like selling automotive parts. Like that was his, his vibe. And, um, and it evolved here and there, but like, it was just through like shifting companies. So I know my dad is that my, that my dad is the auto auto parts guy. You know, if, if like my fucking car breaks down the highway, I call my dad. And I go, what do I do?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Is valuable. Was the sex shop like a, like it was that, did that last for a while? Like, was your yeah. dad, is your dad in your mind? Like, my dad's the porn guy.
3: Correct. Yeah. Uh, So he opened it in 1994 and it ran until I want to say 2008 or 2009. So when I was just graduated from high school.
0: Wow.
3: Um, but. It wasn't really a porn store. It was a front for him selling weed. Oh, <laughs> oh. Yeah. the truth
2: comes out. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think it started
3: as a porn store
2: and then the internet got in the way. Uh-huh.
0: Right. Of course. Yeah. Pornhub yes. hits and it's like, well, what the fuck do we do now?
2: Yeah. So when did you become aware of the porn store?
3: So that, that's an interesting part of it is I feel like, like just sitting and thinking about what I was going to talk about. I'm like, there was a period of my life where it was just my life. Like, I just didn't think about it. Like, I hung out in the back room at the porn store. Like, that's where I grew up.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, I like, know, behind walk- the, like, well, I guess there are no beaded curtains because the whole thing is a beaded curtain. Like, the beaded <laughs> curtains was, was for people who don't, for the younger listeners, mm-hmm. there was a time where you would go to, like, Jason's Video. And it was, like, the local, like, video rental shop, like, that's Blockbuster. Right. Mm-hmm. But in Jason's Video, it's like, oh, you've got the Disney section over here, and over here you've got, like, the, you know, like, Face Off and the R-rated, like, adult movies but then there was the beaded curtain and behind the beaded curtain was like, "and here's, here's where you're going to see a bunch of pussy and buttholes. Like, this is like, this is the, you can't go back here if you're a kid, but there was no beaded curtain. You were just, the whole thing was a beaded curtain. You were just hanging out back there.
3: Yeah. I mean, he had a back room that had a door to it and that like he kept (laughs) mostly cover free. I will say Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of tapes with no jackets on them in the, in the back room. Um, and I remember like, we'd always go through the front and he'd be like, close your eyes.
0: But, I mean, I didn't. <laughs> Yeah. Right. You'd
3: peak, you know? Um, yeah. so like for most of my younger years that I didn't really think about it. Mm. And I actually had this like intense, um, defense of him. Like I have a memory of being in grade four and this kid pushing me off the swings and being like, your dad's a pervert. And I was like, well, how do you know? And she was like, well, my parents told me. And I was like, well, how do your parents know? They rent videos from him. Like that's,
0: yeah. that was my
3: attitude for a long time where I was just like, well, fuck everybody else. Like did that cool guy
0: be even, even before that though. Like, can you, uh, cause this is, this is actually really, this is a really wild thing to think about. Um, you know, in terms of like, if I was, if I was in grade four and someone was like, your dad's a pervert, I think I'd be like, what's a pervert. Like, what does that even fucking mean? So like, like at what point do you think, even though you, you said you didn't really think about it, like Mm -hmm. at what point in your life do you think that you at least had some sort of, of like grasp or comprehension of the fact that your dad worked at a place that had to do with like the, you know, the thing that adults do? Like,
3: I don't even have a sense of that. Like, it's it was this weird thing. Cause this is what my dad did. I spent a lot of time there, but we didn't talk about it. Like we just, mm-hmm. as a family, we didn't talk about it. My mom and dad could not have been more opposite. Um, it was just kind of this, like, don't ask, don't tell. Mm-hmm. But yet it's like, we all know, cause we're hanging out there and like, you know, there's kids who aren't allowed to hang out with me because of what my dad does. Um, and mm-hmm. I mean, it's a small town. Everyone knows you hear my last name and you know who my dad is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, what I do have a distinct memory of is as I was kind of becoming a sexual person, like, you know, late elementary, beginning junior high, starting to feel weird about it, starting mm. to feel embarrassed about it, starting to feel um, worried about other people's perceptions of me in a way that I wasn't before.
0: And like, what were you worried those perceptions were going to be? Like, like you were a slut kind of thing? Yeah, or? yeah I was right. like
3: terrified that people would only want to date me because they thought that I'd be easy. Mm -hmm. Or that if I like acted on the desires I had, that I would be perceived in that way.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you, oh fuck, I had a question that was... uh haunting me there for a minute and I, I felt gone. like you were haunting. literally
0: i felt like you almost said i had a great question you, you, there was like a you were about to you were going At a gr-
2: uh. i had a great question and wow, it's
0: that's just a gone. flex what a flex <laughs> you knew it was fucking good and you don't even remember it well
2: did it did it reflect did it <clears throat> did it impact your relationship with your dad then during your teen your early teens and stuff
3: so there's another part to this story okay. and that's when i was 12 years old we found out that my dad had been having an affair for eight years Ooh. and had 2 not biological children, but two kids he'd been parenting that whole time who were my age and my brother's age. Wow.
2: Eight years is a very long yeah. time to keep So a from the time
3: like the store opened, it was that whole right. and the woman like worked with him at the store. Of course. Um, oh, wow. And so now all of a sudden I have this stepsister who lives in the same town as me. It's the same age as me. And my dad's been her stepdad for eight years and I didn't know she existed. You know, were um, were you guys going to the same school? So, you know, I actually, I was thinking like actually thinking about this in maybe a way I hadn't thought of. I kind of blame, I know at the time I internally blamed myself for my parents splitting up because I think they had an agreement that they were just going to stay together. Like my mom knew he had this other relationship.
1: Oh, This is what I've
3: deduced, but they were going to stay together until my brother turned 18. But then my stepsister, or who's now my stepsister befriended me when we went to the same junior high, we didn't go to the same school before that. And I think they realized that the secret couldn't be kept up, that I would,
2: that it would come out. Sorry about that. That's crazy. Um, yeah. So your Sorry, mom Sorry, so knew. she knew? Yeah, you're, she you're, knew. She, and the, she befriended me. The, the, the
0: daughter knew.
1: Wow. Yeah. yeah.
2: So she must you, have been having conversations with her mom yeah. about that. Yeah, you, I think so.
0: I, okay. I mean, this is probably, <laughs> this is, this, this is, this is, blowing my mind. I mean. Right. <laughs> Um, especially because my, my dad, my mom and dad just split up. And so like, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm still fresh in that kind of vibe, Mm -hmm. that that feeling of like, ah, what the fuck? Um, but the coming back to the point that your stepsister knew befriended Mm -hmm. you, Mm -hmm. do you, have you thought much about that? Like, do you think that she did that with like a. Because she didn't say, she didn't tell you. Right. So like, no, she did, did, not. did she, did she do that? Do you think that she did that out of a, out of um, like with malicious intent or do you think no. it was like kind of a, kind of a way to, to cope with the, the fact that she knows this fucked up thing and, and is yeah. like almost there to try to like offer the secret support.
3: Yeah. I don't blame her at all. It was really fucking hard at the time. And the week before my our parents told us that we were I have three siblings. The week before they told us all that they were splitting up, my dad told me, "I have really exciting news for you in a week, and you're gonna be able to see that friend more often. Um, <gasps> yeah, so <laughs>
0: Whoa.
3: Um, and I didn't want to be friends with her anymore after that, course, right? And yeah, so at course. the time I was devastated, in retrospect, i don't I don't blame her at all. there's I don't know the whole story if like she was encouraged to befriend me um or right. if she just wanted to because she knew that I was eventually going to be her stepsister or that we like shared this father right. um but that was this distinct time in my life where all of a sudden I was so angry at my dad and I was cl- really close with him like we were really 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 close um that everything that I had previously defended him for became bad in my mind right like so all he's of a sudden, bad you are bad. the fucking
0: pervert yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. right Oh, fuck, so it was like man. this
3: before and after and it that I think fucked me up more than anything where right? I was just like Ooh. now everything associated with him is bad and I don't want to be known for this.
0: Mm-hmm. What was the what was your relationship like with your mom like before and after th- this all came out because you were saying that she knew and like there yeah. was an agreement between your parents. So like did that affect the way that you saw like the light that you saw your mom in.
3: Yeah, I would say so. Like I've always, I was always more naturally connected with my dad, just as people. Um, He had like a warmth to him that they they were very opposite the two of them. I think that I at the time was just angry at everyone. Mm. Like I think I felt lied to by her as well, right? That they had kept the secret from all of us, and um, I was just I just became
2: an angry kid. 12 is an interesting age to learn a big secret that your family has been keeping. I had a similar experience. Um, And I've often thought back like, you know, just be be, that time you're, you're changing so much. Your whole world is changing as you Mm -hmm. know it because of hormones and whatnot. And you're going off to new school and new levels of independence and stuff like that. And now all of a sudden you're handed this like, adult piece of information
1: mm-hmm. that,
2: that, you know, I don't know about you, but I, 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 like, a, just a a disappointment in yeah. the adults that I had looked up to my whole life. Um, yeah,
3: I agree. I think disappointment's a great word. Like it became, what can I
2: trust and who are these people? Do I know mm-hmm. them? If I thought I did. What, what can I trust is a, that that resonates huge, huge mm-hmm. for me too. So is this, are, what's happening? Is your dad still with that person? So my dad actually passed away okay. ele- 10 years ago, oh, oh,
3: wow. 10 years ago when I was 21, okay. um, really unexpectedly. And we, there was kind of a like general rough relationship with me and all my siblings with him mm-hmm. because he had gotten arrested for the third time. That's why the store ended because they repossessed it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And he, the last time he was arrested, he was in remand for a year Okay. and there was kind of a general slow gaining back of a relationship with him. Like I had, didn't speak with him for a number of years and we were starting to rebuild a relationship and then, and then he passed away, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. But he was with her when he, when he passed away.
2: Yeah. And so are you close still with your, or are you close at all with your, your step siblings? No.
3: I haven't seen my stepmom since the funeral, which was over ten years ago.
2: Yeah,
3: Um, and my stepsister and I occasionally will like connect through social media, and then you know, pre-COVID, we met up once for dinner, and it was really nice because she has memories of my dad I don't have, Mm. Um, and I'm now seeking them. Right, I want them now, Mm. Um, and we have some shared memories, but we our lives went in really different directions, and I. I recognize that like, interestingly enough, she was parented by my dad yeah. from the age of 12 on. And I really wasn't, um, I had yeah. more of a friendship with him or, mm. or a distance. It was what kind of one or the other. And I see how her life was impacted by being raised by the person who was going to jail and own, you know, so running that the porn store still
2: the, the jails came with the, the weed stuff. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> yeah. that came, yeah. Like after, your that 12 mark that's yeah. really interesting yeah that he was that arrested flipped. when i was 14 17 and 18 okay the three times yeah
0: three times. so he was arrested like again and again and again he just kept yeah. up, he just kept dealing yeah wow and yeah. yeah what was the max sentence that he ended up with
3: so it was he was in, in your remand for a year and then he, i think he got time served as my understanding first two times were just house arrest
0: <laughs> sure sure
3: um which i don't think he necessarily
0: followed that. <laughs> so, I, I like all of this is um you know I think that for some people like maybe like myself um up to a certain point in my life, uh, I, n- not right now, but like let's say maybe 6 years ago, if someone had said to me like how do you think your relationship with your mom and dad has like affected the your relationships or like mm-hmm. your intimacy or your sex life. I'd probably be like not at all. I'm like I don't fucking know that there's nothing to do with my <laughs> life and that's their life and fucking whatever. But now is now as I like especially in doing this podcast and and even doing Sick Boy and like looking at my past and looking at past experiences and looking at my relationship with my mother and my father very much so. They are like they do play a very specific mm-hmm. they 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 play a a, a deep um, role in, in how I go about expressing love and, and, and receiving love and giving love. And, and, you know, that probably plays out in my, in, in my sex life in the bedroom. Uh-huh. Um, and I would say, Brad, you probably would agree to say that, that you also have a similar experience and like in agreeing that that's probably, you know, if you do some digging and you think about it, that. Your, mm-hmm. the relationship you've had with your mom and dad has played a role in who you are and as a the
2: relationship that they've had with each other, yes, and all the, and relationships. All the other
0: relationships that they've had with everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm curious to know, like, this is such a, uh, Kay, you have such an, a unique childhood and, oh. and a, a very, a very, like a very, a very sort of special story here. How do you think this has, had an effect on the way that you
3: relate. seek love and
0: the way that you mm-hmm. relate to like an intimate partner um, and the way that you view the idea of sex and sexuality and especially with all the porn and, and like the, the, the infidelity and the secrets, like all those things, how does that, how has that played out in your relationships?
3: Yeah, it's a great question. So I see like, I've gone on like this journey with it. You know, I was, I'm sure not unique in that I was a supremely horny kid, Um, (laughs) but I was terrified of acting on it because of, I didn't want to be perceived as, oh, well, of course the kid whose dad owns the porn store, right? Mm -hmm. I was also Mm -hmm. terrified to do drugs because I didn't want, oh, of course the kid whose dad sells weed is the stoner, right? right? Um, And I also, because of the infidelity, I was deeply mistrusting, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can't trust anyone. So, you know, the first... I did date a fair amount in high school, but the first two people I dated didn't live in my town, I think, because, you know, like that felt safer. Um, both in terms of you don't have to get too close and also like they don't know they're not from here. Right.
0: How and did then, you how did you find them? How did you How did like like how do you go about dating people <laughs> yeah, from outside of town?
3: I, uh, I, I had a friend who I met on a celebrity fan forum who lived another town over. <laughs> love it Yeah, it's
2: oh a, it's my it's a fucking God. story good old oh, wait, like, fashioned like a specific
0: yeah. celebrity fan form like, yeah, like it's embarrassing like, like, which celebrity which celebrity was it, it
2: was uh, it was Johnny Depp oh yeah okay that's fair that that makes sense of,
0: yeah. Yeah, of the time
3: that's really Dash
2: johnnydepp-zone.com <laughs>
1: I'm looking
0: it up right now. I don't know if it still still exists. exists? God, I
2: relate to this so much too because I also came from a small town and like everyone that I went to kindergarten with, I essentially graduated with Mm -hmm. and no other additional people were introduced at any time. So for 12 years, like this incestuous relationship with only (laughs) 65 other people, you know, like my class was so small. So if I wanted to date someone outside of town... I had to like meet them at my summer job or mm-hmm. at like and I wasn't allowed to hang out with boys so <laughs> I just had to like <laughs> casually somehow meet them by chance but we did we did without dating apps yeah, so you finally did right listen <laughs> yeah. if
0: there's anyone out there who is who is single and looking to find their their potential next partner <laughs> and your Johnny Depp dash zone dot com <laughs> slash backslash boards. When is was the most recent? still existing. Was the there most are totally most? right now in this moment. There are thirty users online. Okay, this
2: moment, <laughs> I'm no longer one of them. Sadly, <laughs> you don't have that open on another tab of your no, laptop. No. <laughs> no. <laughs>
3: Absolutely. Not. Ago, do I-, <laughs> oh, man, I would never admit to that. <laughs> yeah, pretty red. <laughs> um,
0: that's great. Oh, that's so great. Okay, sorry, we cut you off there. You were no. saying that you had these two relationships that were yeah. outside of town.
3: So I kind of I grew like our, my small city is connected by like a bigger hub city. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and there's like small cities around. So it actually was pretty. Like, you know, you'd have people who played sports in another town or they went in the city, into this big city to do things you couldn't do in town. Mm. Um, so the one person I met through Johnny Depp fan forum, him. Um, but then I had a <laughs> friend who decided to go to high school in the big city. And I met somebody through through that friend. Right. Um, and then after that, when I finally did say, date someone in my town, I chose a really religious person because that was safe, too. Totally. It felt like, mm-hmm. um, their parents weren't happy
2: about it. But... What an identity <laughs> shift.
3: <laughs> um, yeah, right? So... <laughs> I would say it wasn't until grade 12 that I started realizing like it was my perceptions of what other people thought rather than necessarily other people. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just dated someone cause I wanted to date them and had sex cause I wanted to have sex and I wasn't worried about it. Right.
0: Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, but it took a long
2: time to get there. Well, grade 12 that's a that's seems like you had to get ahead on your shoulders if you're coming yeah. around to that because I you know other people's perceptions of me and I'm sure you're not you're not perfect with this either but I still feel like I have to sometimes weed that out mm. of my decision making sometimes sometimes it's still still kind of around would you say at all Jeremy are you affected by the like the what you think other people perceive. In terms of, I don't know, your. um, Like, Do
0: I care what people think about me? Yeah. I like to say that I don't, but deep down, for sure, I definitely do.
2: Do you think anything. Because like like
0: when people aren't talking shit about me, I'm like, yeah, I don't give a fuck what people say about me. But then like I'll read one comment like this fucking uh, interview I did the other day with Brian Goldman and. I, I fucking stupidly went to Twitter to be like, I wonder what people think. And I read one bad tweet, one bad tweet out of a bunch of nice ones. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to go crawl in a cave. <laughs> fuck, fuck me. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think we, I think no matter what, we all like to think that we don't give a shit what people think about us, but there's, I think you're a psychopath. If you don't have a little bit aspect of like actually caring a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's healthy not to really give a shit that much, but, Deep down, we all want to be. Well, yeah, I suppose that's a survival. Be,
2: yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, we want our really. communities to not reject us and, mm-hmm. and stuff yeah. like that. So from grade twelve onward, um, I don't know if this resonates, but did so you you kind of had already un, it sounds like unpacked the idea that your dad had a porn store and that was just a part of your upbringing. Um, some of those things that are like more obvious, uh, like the sex talk that your mom gave you or the things you know were like mm. how did that fuck me up or how did that you know affect me but then i don't know i mean i'm 38 now so i feel like i'm continuously going oh also that was not weird i don't want to say weird because my parents were doing the best that they could but that could have
0: could have been different. tweaked mm-hmm. something yeah.
2: inside of my head um do you feel like it's you've had to do continuous amounts of reconciling oh yeah big time so
3: I like I would say around grade 12 I started just realizing that like I wasn't I was my own person enough that no matter like if I had sex with people it wasn't gonna just be like oh because she has the dad who owns a porn store and I started there's a you know a story that if I don't tell it everyone's gonna be mad at me which (laughs) is that in grade 10 um a bunch of the popular girls were like whispering loudly about how my dad was like a pervert, Mm -hmm. and I was really upset. Like I was really upset about it, and I called him at like two in the morning. And my parents are separated at this point. He's like, "Get on your coat, I'm coming to pick you up." And he let me go through all of his memberships, and their parents had memberships. Uh, Oh
0: yeah,
3: yeah, and everybody did. Like everybody did. My teachers did. You know, the people who owned the local businesses did, and that was a moment for me. Even though I was still reckoning with other people's perceptions and. And was for years afterwards, too, um, where I realized, like, oh, my dad's doing this openly. It's the rest of you all who have a fucking problem. That's yeah. right.
0: That's the perversion right there. Yeah. You're all Pretending you're all you don't.
2: Yeah. Pretending you don't have an actual, like, normal, healthy yeah. sexual yeah. human Yo, expression. That
0: that gives me such intense, like, nostalgic <laughs> thoughts of... I, I don't know if I, I... Because, Kay, you and I, we've, we've talked before. I don't know if I told you the story, but... Um, I used to work at a porn store. Like that was my first mm-hmm. job. My first job was working at a sex shop. And, um, and of course I was elated. I was so excited to be working at a porn store. I was 17. Wasn't even a lot like, like technically allowed to be in there. Lied about my age. But my favorite part of working there was every time I would go in for my shift, you know, you got to kill some time. It's not like the porn store is like as busy as the, as blockbuster down the street. Mm-hmm. And I would just sit there to kill time. I would look up all of my friends' parents' names in the database mm-hmm. and be like, "Whoa, okay, like Mister Jones is in here, and I can see what he rented, and that's cra- great. <laughs> I'm gonna go tell Stefan the- tomorrow." You know, like, it just it was so it was such a hilarious, and it, it it there was this like feeling of like, "Oh wow, it's like having mm-hmm. access oh, to." I can I can I see I see what's going on here
2: the browsing history of yeah. of our current our and current day.
0: Yes. And and but there there was also something that sort of and I don't know how this and, and this I guess this kind of transitions into my next question for you, Kay, but like when I was doing that, it 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 sort of um because again, I was young and like the the idea, you know, you t- you if I took my nephew out and, and was like and asked him if he was looking at boobs and magazines, like <laughs> He would, he would be like, Oh God, like, I don't know. I can't talk about porn with my <laughs> uncle. Like the, the idea of porn was very, um, you know, when you're like in grade 10 and 11, 12, it's, it's kind of like, it's taboo. It's this thing that like, Oh, you don't talk about that. But when I was doing this thing at the porn store and I was looking and seeing like, Oh, my, my best, my dad's best friend, Tim is like in here, renting lesbian porn, like every single Tuesday, every Tuesday, like it normalized pornography for me and it normalized sexuality for me in a way where I was like yeah porn like porn's not bad sex uh-huh. isn't bad like we all we're all horny we're all trying to fucking come somehow so like it, it and, which I think was really healthy for me but I'm wondering about your experience with it and like all, you know the 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 all the other sort of elements that mm-hmm. are hovering over this with your dad and the the shame of Being that like the the daughter of the perv that everyone's Mm -hmm. talking about and all all the all the small town politics was there you know even even in this experience of of you and your dad him taking you over and and showing you like hey look they're all fucking perverts like Mm -hmm. did that did that have any sort of um, positive effect on how you viewed sex work or porn or sexuality in general
3: I mean I think. There's a really sad part to that story, which is that after he showed me the memberships, he said, but don't tell your friends. Mm-hmm. And I remember like having this kind of moment of realization that like, he gets to stand in for like the bad guy. So nobody else has to, right. right? And I didn't tell my friends. I've since told that story, like, and and for so long, I like didn't want to be known as the kid whose dad owns a porn store. And now it's like my party trick right Mm -hmm. now it's Mm -hmm. the funny story and and I mean it's not all funny but it it sounds funny when I like say it at first um so I think I had this like kind of cognitive dissonance going on of I think my dad's a pretty good guy other than like well I guess the whole cheating shit really fucking sucked but Mm. um I don't think he's an inherently bad person but everybody else thinks this is a terrible thing Mm -hmm. and I just like for the longest time struggled to reconcile those two things I think Mm. And so like, I just kind of didn't even like porn was this thing. My dad did that. I wasn't even going to go there.
0: And did you like, what did you have any history of like watching porn or, or utilizing porn?
3: It was, it was like him selling weed because he did. I just didn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. Like I was just like, eh, no. And
0: and does that still exist today? Like, are you just not really a consumer of porn?
3: Uh, like not, not as much as I might've been otherwise, I think, but I'm not like, it's not this hard line of like nothing anymore. I had this, um, I had this grand plan with my life because I was so, I was like shutting down what I what I would have done otherwise had this not been where I lived and my dad not done what he had done, which is I was gonna I was gonna go to Ryerson. I got accepted to Ryerson, never went for what um, uh, journalism. Oh, cool. Okay. And then I decided not to go do that. Okay. <laughs> and I was gonna go to Toronto and I was just gonna be a slut. Like that was my plan.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> I was gonna be single forever. I was gonna have sex with all the people of all the genders. And like, no one would know my dad owned the porn store unless I told them and it would be great. Uh Uh, But then I didn't do that. And I got into the relationship I'm still in now when I was 19 years old. And that was not my plan. Mm -hmm. Um, was the opposite. Sounds like it was a complete opposite. Yeah. That was not (laughs) where I saw my life going, Um, which is, I think, another interesting part of the story.
0: Turn me on podcast. We'll be back after this short break.
2: One size fits all seems like a good idea for
1: clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Yeah. Mm. I, um,
2: as a, I, I think one of my party, stories is the you know kind of the wild you know I always I'm like I have 10 siblings and you know or I have I have 13 siblings and and my dad has 10 kids with five different women and my mother has four children with four different men and I'm an only child because they only had me mm-hmm. Um but I was also raised I was like one of the only kids one of the I was the first kid in I was In my dad's history of having children, so there were six older. He has, I have six older siblings from him, and I was the first one who got him as a dad, like Mm -hmm. to grow up with. You know, he got sober uh, when I was three or four, and assumed some sort of responsibility. Primarily, I think because his dad came to visit and was like, "Okay, you got this. You got this kid. You're solely responsible for. Uh, She needs a mom." Um, you should get married and get your, get a job, get your shit together. And a year later he was married to my stepmother and oh. he was sober and, and doing like adult things. Whereas before that he was an actor. I mean, he was always an actor, but he was a hippie and you know, and my mom was a hippie and my siblings, parents also hippies. And I, I kind of think of, of that time as a as pretty formative even though i wasn't present for it in how i am in relationships i grew up with a really steady i shouldn't say steady i was raised by my stepmother and my dad but primarily my stepmother and and they were both sober and things were were you know stable ish there was a lot of fighting and 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 we didn't learn how to how to like apologize to each other or anything like that. So there was no reparation, but lots of fighting. But, you know, I don't know what I thought. I guess I just assumed I would meet someone and get married and do the house thing and get have the kids and do the job, the career thing. But now that I'm at the place in my life where I am now and I'm going, oh, I, I guess some of these things like polyamory, just sort of made sense to me mm-hmm. based on the way I saw m- my parents and my siblings' parents sort of relate to one another and Ooh. raise each other's children and, and things like that. So at what point did you start to think, you know, your dad, who you identified as a serial monogamist, um, <laughs> who could have benefited from this polyamory language, mm-hmm. at what point did you start to think about that?
3: So I would say that was like in my, around like 22, 23, maybe 24. um, I'd been in this relationship that I didn't plan to get into that I'm still in. And is this real anchor in my life? Mm -hmm. Um, And I started, you know, questioning. like, I think I was always terrified that I would either be my dad, like be the person who destroyed a good thing because of their desires and inability to communicate my dad really struggled to take accountability for like Mm -hmm. the way his choices impacted other people that was more than anything the fault like that was the thing that always hurt the most is you make choices but then he wouldn't take accountability for those choices and Mm. the impact they had on others and I didn't I was terrified to be that person Mm -hmm. and I was terrified that it would happen to me too like both of those things and and I think early in my relationship with my partner I was worried that I would be that person or he would be that person. Um, But I also had these desires to be with other people too. And I like, didn't know how to reckon with that. Like, am I just fucked up like my dad? Am I just going to make the same mistakes he does? And then we started actually having those conversations about like, like I I was so scared to be what my dad was that I was like, I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't be what he was. So I need to fucking talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was around that time that we, the, the joke I make is that we've been theoretically open for like a really long time, <laughs> but it's just theoretical. Yeah, <laughs> because I've we've never. I just got no game. That's the thing.
2: Um,
3: <laughs> I, so. I
2: I like that. I think that theoretically having something on the table mm-hmm. is sometimes all we need to feel mm-hmm. like we're free within our relationship to like. Mm. Desire others and all of those natural like that feeling to shut that down and mm-hmm. not and not have to deal with that problem potential problem is probably what ends up driving a lot of people to leaving mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. said leaving relationships that are perfectly good that if you just had these conversations yeah you could find your way of being relaxed and open in them
0: ha- has it ever come up like I, mean, I know you said theoretically but, mm-hmm. but has has it ever come close to actually uh uh having to like kind of cross that bridge and have those conversations of like okay I'm actually yeah. going to like pursue this thing that I think I might want to
3: Yeah, covid got in the way. I was like so when I started realizing that maybe this is just who I naturally want like who I am and these desires I I always say that my friendships are like this too like I desire deep friendships with multiple people. Um and I have some friends who will be like, "Well, don't replace me." And I'm like, "Well, I can, I can be best friends with all of you in in our own way. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean replace you? Um, And I started realizing that maybe for me more than my partner, like that was a thing. And we started having conversations, but we were also at a really busy time in our lives. Like he was starting his career. I was finishing school and then realized I was going to go back to school for something else. Um, And just all this stuff was going on in, in life. And then we kind of reached a point where we were settled in terms of like other things, and had the bigger conversations about like, okay, this is something that I'm going to pursue, um, and and then COVID got in the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is the summer. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Well,
2: I I mean, I'm just really appreciative of those sort of slow un, unfurlings of those things within mm-hmm. within a long standing and trusting relationship. I think I really I really support that process mm-hmm. of things taking time, and unfortunately, sometimes a little more time than you expected, like <laughs> yeah. with COVID
0: right yeah 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 this could be the summer you know (laughs) i think this could be it they like i feel like you know restrictions lifting up there's a lot of like a lot of horny people out there you know
2: who are way better probably at having conversations sensitive conversations Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. health or personal health you
0: know all that stuff is like i feel like it is shifting where there's a lot there's a lot more well, I don't know, maybe we live in an echo chamber, but there, there there seems to be a little bit more communication happening, you know, it's a Mm -hmm. little, a little more open-minded. Yeah. I, 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 Kay, I, I gotta say like, this is, um, I love these conversations and, and it's been so long, it's been too long since we've had one of just getting to peer into somebody else's personal life and talk about the things that we like most of the time, like are trained not to talk about, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and, um and I I I want to say thank you for for being so open to to allowing us you know a bit of a a worldview into your life and and your your past experiences and um I think that uh, I think conversations like this are like a good reminder to regardless of whether or not you know you grew up with an upbringing that was very white picket fence fucking boring ass beige. <laughs> you know, normal ass life or you, or, or you had the wild life where your dad was a porn store owner who got arrested and sent to jail for selling weed out of it. Like it is, it, it, there is value to, to taking a moment to just stop and look at the, look at the people that we relied on to bring us into the world and to teach us lessons, to look at the way that they approached relationships And the way that they approach their own sexuality, whether or not you, whether or not you even like have a grasp on that or not, Mm -hmm. but even just to think about it, and 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 then to look back at yourself and go, okay, how does how has that had an effect on me? And Mm -hmm. has it been positive? Has it been negative? What can I what can I glean from just like breaking that down? And uh, conversations like this are a good reminder that it that it's worth doing that. You know, it's worth taking stock of how the relationships we've had in our past have. Shaped us into who the who we are today, and so mm-hmm. I want to. I just want to say thank you for that mm-hmm. reminder because this has been this has been really really fun.
2: You're welcome. Do you have any uh, other uh, tidbits or stories or anything we haven't covered that you uh, you definitely want to make sure gets <laughs> included in this in this odd tribute to um, your sex life?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think I just like to button it. Um, like I I was forced to think about these things at a young age. Mm. because of just this being the life that I had and it was really hard but I'm also really grateful for it because I think I developed both a willingness to talk about things that other people didn't want to um and a starting point to interrogate things earlier than other people might and uh, I mean ultimately I am where I am because of that and I'm pretty pretty happy right now
2: so that's great yeah Oh, it's finishing with gratitude. Love Mm -hmm.
0: that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, I'm grateful for you, Kay, and I'm grateful we've had a chance to meet and, and grateful that you took time to sit down with us and chat with us today. Thank you so much. Yeah,
3: same.
0: Hello.
2: Hello, my love. I, that little like twinkly stars thing, is that is that where where Emily Sorry's song blends into Rich O'Coin's song?
0: No, you're hearing two different things happening at oh, one I time. See. That okay. uh, you're hearing the music that's kicking in for our patrons. Hi, patrons. Hi. If you're a patron of ours, you can watch the uh, aftercare segments, the host episodes, and the foreplay segments over on our Patreon, patreon.com slash turn me on. Um, and so you're hearing the music that's leading th- them into this. Yeah. Um, but then you're also hearing just because of the way this is all set up. Yeah. You're hearing magic. Rich, you're, you're hearing Rachel Coyne's music that transitions us out of the conversation we just had with Kay into this conversation.
2: Okay. Okay. So no one else
0: heard that. Oh, okay. doesn't matter where you're listening from. <laughs> you heard one thing or another. You didn't hear both, but you, you know just what? got to hear both.
2: Donuts just assuring me that I'm not crazy. That's right. And, and he probably heard it too because they have great hearing.
0: Yeah. Um. So a little bit of a a, a little bit of a little bit of insight how to ma- how the magic's made here. Magic at show Sick Boy headquarters. Magic. Um. How that was so sweet, eh? That
2: was with, great. With it, it felt like a really nice return to yeah. our roots. And um, Ooh. you know, I just love a good story about a dad.
0: Yeah.
2: I'm a sucker for a story about a dad. Yeah. Yeah. Um I'm just going to go ahead and get my just the tips out of the way here because oh, okay. um it it kind of lines up with this. Have you seen the movie Koda yet?
0: Nope.
2: Oh my goodness. One best really? picture at the Oscars this yeah, week? Yeah, I know. This week. Uh this year? You don't like it?
0: I don't know. It it just doesn't interest me.
2: Oh, it's really good.
0: Is it? Okay. I'll watch it.
2: Okay, well. There's no never mind. there's no there's no
0: aliens. There's no fucking excitement you know it's just like it's just i don't like family drama
2: oh yeah that's what it is i know
0: yeah <laughs> i'm aware of what it is
2: but it's got a really awesome character in it um i don't remember his name uh but he plays the basically the music teacher okay. and he has his whole part is incredible his his role is incredible his lines are wonderful yeah. you would you should watch it just for his performance okay, I will um it you know I had a really emotional week and it's, it's only Wednesday and uh and so yesterday I got home from you know let's call it a funeral and uh and I was already I was having a really hard time because I'd been around family for the whole yeah uh, time and just some exhausting family dynamics that were happening. And, um, and I got home and, and watched that and it, it just gave me good. It gave me good heart feels and, okay. you know, released the cry that I also needed to have. And it's a feel good movie and it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that one that one character is really tremendous,
0: and this ties into sort of the conversation that we have with Kay, sort of.
2: Well, sort of because the actually the fellow who plays the father yeah. in that movie um, is uh, he won best supporting actor for his uh, part in it, yeah. and there is yeah, it's just it's the the father daughter relationship, and and you know it's, it doesn't necessarily focus on their relationship the whole film, but. There's key pivotal things that happen just between those two characters right that is um you know, it's just like let alone the that the that the actor looks you know, roughly like my dad, like a rough looking old man um troy
0: K- Kotzer yeah, Kotser. yeah. Exactly. Um,
2: at least in the film he, oh, he, he's deaf. he has his, they're all deaf
0: oh yeah, how about that?
2: There's three deaf actors ah. in that family neat. Yeah, it's really cool, and the sign language is so beautiful. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I don't want to give anything away, but it, right. yeah, I just brought that up because I think it was, it was, you know, it was specifically the relationship between the daughter and the father in that movie that that really mm. moved me. Yeah, and uh, like just tore my heart out a little bit.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, parents, they have they have quite a um, God. I couldn't imagine having a kid. Because every day, I'd be like, "I'm fucking this thing up."
2: Yeah, I I think my my fear would be more like something's going to happen to this person, and right? It's, and it's that would brutal be brutal for me. So yeah, the funeral I was at was for my siblings' father, right? So uh, I have an extended family, but, but the big deal about it was that my brother was home, and my I only see my brother probably once every five, six years. Mm. Um, and, and, um, his father lived in Connecticut. So he, you know, flew to Connecticut and then, and then my sister, our shared sister, um, was like, please come, please come to Prince Edward Island and, uh, sing at my show. And we'll make this, we'll tribute this concert to our Wait, father.
0: Did you sing at the show?
2: I didn't sing at the oh. show. No. Uh, but I did sing quite a bit, uh, a lot with, my family. And that was really great, but also that's a really emotional thing for me. And then, um, my brother, uh, he, he's going a thing through a thing where his, his, you know, he, he just couldn't bear to think about life without his father. And now it's here and he just like, doesn't really know how to cope with it. So there's a lot going on there. And then his child Shay, who's named after my previously deceased sister, who's just turned 12 wrote a note um to david my brother uh saying i just want you to know i'm not your daughter i'm your son and i've known this for about a year oh whoa yeah and i like girls and boys and basically everybody and so he was coming to me and being like how do i decipher this he's like i'm totally cool with this but like he's really struggling with it i was like well you've got gender conversation happening there, but you've also got sexuality conversation yeah. happening Whoa. there. And uh Whoa, it's wild. all and I think he's very and I and, and, you know, I think based on some other little details uh, about Shay's um experience and, and whatnot, I I get the sense that that Shay is in a bit of a fluid yeah. experimental, you know, which I think is really important yeah. for kids. Um to huh. be able to be to feel like they can go through yeah um, when they're wrestling with their own identity
0: I wonder if Shay will change their name
2: well shay's a really good it's a great neutral name new, yeah yeah Huh. yeah it it oh. it, it would uh, well, that's,
0: that makes my heart there's a lot going on yeah it yeah makes my heart feel nice that yeah. she's uh yeah coming out
2: yeah um Ooh. so so yeah so that's that's why just the tips for me is coda okay. if you feel like you could use some some heart Medicine.
0: Nice, I like that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. What about you? You got anything on the, on the tips? No, I don't. No, nothing.
0: No, I got some recommendations. Okay. Yeah. Do you want me to get into that now? Well, you can. I had my first UTI this week. Oh. Yeah. I.
2: How did that go? Did you treat it with just cranberry juice and that Uh, was fine?
0: Yeah, I think. Well, I, I I'm not quite out of the woods wood woodwork yet. Um.
2: Still hurts when you pee. Not, not really. Okay.
0: Not as much. It's more of like a. You know what's funny is like I feel like the feeling that I have right now. What would what would actually feel awesome, is uh, a nice gentle sounding. Yeah. 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 In- I've never ever no, thought that.
2: I, I would never <laughs> thought I would have heard those words come out of your mouth.
0: I don't think soundings for me, but. Man, I bet you would feel real good right now.
2: Because it would be cold? Or? No, like,
0: like there's like a, I'm on the I'm on the I'm on the end of, of this UTI and uh, which I've never had before. Yeah. So it was like it burnt. Like when I peed, I was like, ow, 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 Like yeah. right when I start peeing, yeah. it hurt. Yeah. And it was like a, it was like a kind of like sharp, like stabby, kind of burny feeling. And then uh, when I'm done, like it it, it only it only happens like at the beginning and like, you know, kind like of sort end. of like halfway. No, no, when the when the pee is done, it's done. Okay. When the pain's done.
2: Did you feel any heaviness in your never had any of pelvis? that? My, no,
0: like bladder wasn't feeling like full. No, you none of like that you couldn't Not, no.
2: empty your bladder. No, none of
0: that. But so what I did was I um I just like crushed a two liter of just pure cranberry juice. Good for you. Oh, sorry, a liter. Yeah. Um boy, oh boy, is that tart.
2: Yeah. <laughs> It'll dry out your whole Holy fuck. face. It was crazy. I know.
0: Um and Magic then I was though. just, and then I've just been pounding bubblies, like nonstop drinking bubblies. Um, so it's been a couple of days and I'm kind of on the tail end of it, I think, uh, because the, 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 the pain doesn't, isn't there, but there's like this slight, almost like, it's like, almost like an itch that I can't reach. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a, it's like a tickly feeling. Yeah, And I bet you sounding would like Figure scratch, that scratch that itch for real nice. Yeah. Yeah. But I won't. (laughs) No, no, because
2: why? You can't find anyone who does that, or
0: no, 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 no. I just I don't.
2: Where do you get tools for that, or do you just use household objects?
0: Honestly, you probably probably just buy like a nice set of like metallic um, chopsticks. Chopsticks. I
2: was thinking the exact same thing. So I'd say they get kind of wider as they go, though. You know, like they start sort of probably what you want. Okay.
0: I guess I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know enough about sounding. but i won't do that but uh but my, so my just the tips here's the recommendation cuz i cuz so never had it before yeah i'm pretty sure i know exactly how it happened and because i used some lube that i had kicking around mhm and it wasn't like it was like not homemade lube but it was like a lube from a company that makes like natural lube i think it's like weed infused stuff but I didn't realize that there was like a best before date on it. Okay. And that best before date was a long ago. Yeah. Long, long, long so ago. So tell
2: me, um, did you verify this possibility with any, let's say, healthcare professionals in nope. your life?
0: No, this is totally, this is totally bro okay. science speculation. Okay. Okay. But what I do know is that before I use this lube,
2: you didn't have a I UTI. didn't have a
0: UTI. <laughs> and right, like literally the next morning yeah. after using this lube, yeah. I had a UTI. Yeah. Now, not only was I using this lube just like on yeah. the, you know, the external side of my dick.
2: Yeah.
0: I, the lube was, it was very, there was, a, there was a, let's just say from the, the active coitus that was being done while using the lube there was a lot of sort of like stimulation to the very tip of my penis. And like, like the, you know, my, my piss hole. Hey, donut, get that pen. Bring that back over here, please. You keep
2: telling your story. I'll get the pen.
0: So, yeah. So there was a lot of like, I was basically, I mean, the lube was getting worked up into my piss hole. So, so I'm, so it's gotta be that. I I feel like it, it had to have been that. Right. Um
2: I mean that makes sense. So yeah. I I don't
0: And this shit was like this shit like was best before date it, it was like 19, it was, <laughs> 1918. Yeah, two thousand nineteen. <laughs> um <laughs> so that's that's a couple of years. Yeah. It's like pre COVID lube.
2: I know when you first yeah. mentioned that to me on the phone that you thought that was the source, I was like kind of didn't really give it much credit, but the more I think about it, there is a whole thing. Like, I, I learned um, recently that lemon juice left at room temperature is like prime for bacterial growth. Oh yeah. So like I buy bottled yeah, pure yeah. lemon juice. Yeah, right? yeah. So, and it always gets left on the counter because always. always. Um, but so it leads me to believe that like, I guess I never really thought about the origin of bacteria or like how it might proliferate on some sort of natural substance yeah but I bet we have some listeners that might have some insight into that like if
0: you do please yeah. turn me on podcast at gmail.com I'd love to know
2: we'd like to know if this is a legit um what what do you call an attempt at bro science? <clears throat> a hypo
0: yeah this was my bro science hypothesis okay um now my my partner also she also ended up with the UTI. yeah exact same timing yeah exact same and the partner that I was with when I was playing with this lube. Yeah. And they also had this lube being played with. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Like it all kind of stacks up. Now, she was like, she doesn't fuck around. She was like, nope. I'm getting antibiotics right now.
2: It's different for for uh, this particular anatomy, right? Yeah. Because it's a little closer to the bladder. It's a little sure. closer to the kidneys.
0: Yeah. I was like, I don't want to. I don't really want to like. I didn't want to go through the process of having to convince the pharmacy to just give me. You know, a a course of SEPTRA.
2: Because could she just go? Because they you, you can do, do that, that right now, now. I
0: guess, yeah, yeah. You can
2: just go and say I have a UTI yep. without going, yeah. and getting a prescription. At
0: least here in in Nova Scotia.
2: Wow, that's so and, good. And you
0: know what? I think they. I think the, the the reason for that is because it was such a hassle for people when they had a UTI. That's like brutal. they would have to go to see go to a clinic and wait at the clinic and do the whole fucking thing and then get the prescription. I think now you can just go into the pharmacy and go. Look, here's my here's here are my symptoms. Here's what it's presenting. Yeah. I need antibiotics. And they'll go, all right, cool. Here's like, th- like three days worth of SEPTRA. That's great. But I didn't even want to do that. I, I, was, I, was, I, I was a bit stubborn about it. So I, I was like, no, I'm going fl- to flush this out. And I think I have. Well, the, the, the thing is. Now, is what, it's just, now it's just tickly.
2: Well, you used to go to a walk-in clinic to get this prescription, right? But yeah. let's say you, you, you get symptoms on a Saturday. And you can't go to a fucking exactly, clinic exactly. until, you know, Monday. And it's, I don't know, it like for anyone bad, who has you know? never had one, it, it gets real bad real fast. Yeah, right. Like it doesn't, at least in my body, I've had a number of them. It's start, it doesn't, it doesn't creep up on you. It's like there yeah, when you yeah, wake yeah. up in the morning. Yeah. And, um, and I remember my first one, I had it when I was 14 and, uh, I remember like not having an idea of what the fuck was going on. Yeah. Sat down to pee. Pee started coming. And I think I just like grabbed the walls, you yeah. know, and I was like, oh my God, what is this excruciating pain? And, and.
0: Immediately if- my mind was like, fuck, is this an STI? Yeah. That like course. was like laying dormant right. for like a long time. Yeah. Um, I was kind of like a bit of a panic there about that yeah. for a second, but. But no. But well, I mean, like, no, I mean, I don't think so. You know, it's like. There was no like, you know, sorry, folks, there was no discharge or like Mm -hmm. weird smell or like it literally was just pain. As soon as the pee comes out, ouchie, ouchie. Mm -hmm. And then that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It sounds like a UTI.
2: And you don't want to mess around with UTIs because a lot of them, a lot of, a lot of folks get them chronically and yeah. And it just, it really does. And then it, for most folks, uh, who end up taking antibiotics on, or I shouldn't say most, but a lot of folks who end up taking antibiotics for UTIs guess what they get?
0: Uh, yeast infection. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so my just the tips is if you haven't used lube in a long time, because I haven't had a need for lube. Right. I, love, I love lube. Lube's always really fun. But um, uh, due to circumstances, really was not necessary. Okay. Uh, now it is very much necessary. Yeah. And so, so I was like, oh, okay, well, I got the stuff that I haven't used and it's been, I've had it for like two years. So if you have like old lube, fucking chuck that shit out yeah, chuck, chuck that shit out. out like get a fucking get a new bottle it's mm-hmm. not it's not expensive
2: mm-hmm. it might be an indication that you need to use more lube
0: yeah you know yeah yeah right, right. Yeah, yeah yeah
2: use up that bottle
0: yeah so uh it was bad. and then and then uh, that got me thinking um i found this story
2: i wonder if you kept it in the fridge
0: oh it probably lasts longer yeah yeah um uh, but I'm also uh, like that lube's good. The stuff that I was using. I like it. Yeah. But I, but I, but I really like that. What is it? Sutil? Subtle? So- oh, yeah. I like, like that shit.
2: Yeah. That's. Yeah. I don't know. Subtle. subtle I guess. It's like water based. Uh,
0: S-U-T-I-L. Yeah. I'm not even sure if it's water or oil.
2: I, I'm pretty sure it's. it's but it, that it's shit water.
0: lasts like it. It goes the fucking distance. It's really great. And you can get a like pretty fat bottle. I'm sure it's not that expensive, so.
2: Yeah, it but, definitely has a longer shelf life. I'm sure it has more. Uh,
0: yeah, than like, than like some organic stuff that has some like CBD in it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but also support your local uh, lube makers. Suteal
2: <laughs> so. is actually a botanical. No, uh, is it? Yeah, well, that's what it says on
0: the. Oh, website. there you go. Yeah, whatever. I was also using some of that and it, like it's a really old bottle of that. So I'm just, I'm going to throw it <laughs> all my lube. No more lube. Fucking throwing it all out. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to get uh, some new stuff. But uh, doctors warn against uh, this worrying trend of using toothpaste as lube.
3: Ew. <laughs> I, Ouch. I found this
0: article. I was looking up lube stuff. Uh, doctors urged the public not to use toothpaste as a lubricant after several people shared their painful experiences on social media. Over the last few months, a number of posts have cropped up on Reddit detailing people's experiences of using toothpaste as lubricant during masturbation or sex. And they sound incredibly painful, as you would expect. Uh, you would think that most people would know better than to try this out for themselves at home, but apparently not, of course. A bunch of fucking freaks out you gotta there. You got to
2: put it on the fine print.
0: As such, a medical expert has stepped in to warn people of the dangers that can occur if you use toothpaste anywhere other than your teeth. Uh, Dr. Shri Dada, a consultant in obstetrics and gynecology at My Health Center, My Healthcare Care Clinic, revealed how the product can cause irritations, uh, or sorry, infections, or chemical burns if used <laughs> on the genitals. Speaking to uh, Mirror online, she said, quote, Toothpaste can contain ingredients such as bleaching agents, peppermint, or scented oils, which can be irritating or abrasive. These may cause a mild chemical burn and blistering on any area of sensitive skin. I definitely advise against putting toothpaste into your own, onto your genitals. Uh, These products are specially designed for oral use and can disrupt the balance of your vaginal flora Which might lead to thrush or bacterial vaginosis. No, BV. We know how how tricky fucking BV is, right? You didn't get it from using toothpaste in your Absolutely not. Uh, They can also damage the delicate skin in the area of the vaginal wall, affecting the amount of pleasure you experience during sex. She added, quote, I would not recommend using toothpaste or any other bathroom products as lubricant, for that matter, on your genitals, as these products are not recommended for this use and can irritate your skin as well as disrupt the cellular balance of the skin on your genitals. And then it goes on to say silicone or water-based lubricants, which are designed and intended for use during sex, are the best products to invest in. Um, In one Reddit post, a man claims he got chemical burns after putting toothpaste on his penis and it wasn't pretty. He recalled, quote, later that day, I went to use the toilet and I took down my trousers and I saw some discoloration to my dick. I had a look and all the skin was red and raw with some parts of the skin beginning to scab. No. The pain was really, really, really bad. It was really hard to walk and keep a straight face. Another confessed to using uh, toothpaste as a lubricant and said that the pain had been so bad, they had to take painkillers. They wrote, quote, I accidentally used toothpaste as lube. I accidentally used toothpaste as lube.
2: Just wasn't looking. So So love drunk. They
0: just went bottle, squirt. Uh, in the, it's the morning now, and it's still really inflamed. There's less pain, but I'm on painkillers, so there's some help. But please, for the love of God, in whatever universe you're thinking of doing this, do not use toothpaste as lube.
2: Absolutely not. We used to use toothpaste at, as teenagers to burn zits off our face.
0: Yeah, actually, you know what's funny is uh, when I went on my very first date with Kira, yeah. um, I had a really bad zit. I almost called the date off because I had a zit so bad which is so fucking dumb. And then I texted her and I was like, look, I have a bad zit and I'm 34 years old and deal with it. <laughs> she laughed and said, it's okay. We can pop it at the restaurant if you want.
1: Gross. Um,
0: and then I was like, Oh, I like this girl. Yeah. Um, but, it, but I was, I was kind of like panicking. And so my Katie, my, my high school lover, mm-hmm. who's like my best friend, I was telling her, I was like, man, I got to stay with this girl. I really like her. And, this fucking zit. And she was like, I'm coming over right now. And she brought over like a bunch of shit, but she brought, she she brought toothpaste and she was like, she was like, all right, first of all, like put toothpaste on it, do this. And then she gave me like a bunch of little, like these little like sticky things. Oh yeah. And put it on overnight. Fucking worked. Toothpaste worked well.
2: Yeah. My sister Shay actually. Dra- dried taught, that shit right up. Taught me that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So but thanks. Th- Shout out Katie. Thank you.
2: If you're doing this remedy at home, by the way, what it, it it has a drying effect, yeah. so you really want to make sure it's focused just on just on the site. Like you don't want to spread it around uh, this the, the surrounding area.
0: What the fuck! Back in 2018, a number of women took part in a bizarre beauty trend, which saw them slathering toothpaste on their breasts. They believed the toothpaste would help them grow, but experts quickly shot down the theory. I Man, used, there used what are people a, up to? Um,
2: a shampoo or a conditioner that was like, pr- was like promoted as something that could promote growth. Obviously what they're talking about hair. Sure, like
0: Pantene pro V yeah, like, but like definitely as a growth.
2: preteen, I was like, let's, well, not as a teenager. I was like, let's get these boobs to grow. And I'd just use that conditioner to
0: really, you were putting that on your tits.
2: Yeah. It didn't work.
0: Nope.
2: It did not. It didn't. No. <laughs> But again, I don't have kids, so they're they're uh, they're exactly basically in the same place they were, you know, when I was when I grew them in the first place. So
0: I wonder how huge your tits would have been if you did have a kid.
2: Well, my mom's boobs got really big when she and was sta- pregnant
0: and then stayed big. Yeah. 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 Interesting. They can stay big after.
2: Yeah, I think by big, uh, maybe it just means they just hang lower. lower yeah, a little heavier out. looking.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, right. Right.
2: But yeah, no, it's uh it's funny the things we do. i you know it it reminded me it of um, the things we do. a, a th- uh, something I, I read about hemorrhoids that people were doing as self-treatment of oh hemorrhoids. Oh god, I
0: hate this already.
2: Like hemorrhoids that grow externally yeah, like yeah, yeah. Um, D-
0: dingle dangles.
2: Yeah, they um they they would tie try to tie them off. Like try to uh, lacerate them off. I got them little like you know, what? Caramba. Dental floss. Right no, dude, don't do that. Yeah, it can really fuck you up because you can fuck it me. can get infected. It's like a hernia yeah. kind of like you anyway. We do that. It's yowza, weird cosmetic yowza, things yowza. that we do.
0: Yeah, I hate that.
2: Um well, did you have more you wanted to talk no, that's about? That's it. What do you got? Basin? You got something? Oh, I got a little something. All right. Um it's very little. Um how much do you know about Like my
0: flaccid penis? <laughs> Someone messaged me the other day. They were like, "I can't believe I'm at <laughs> these pictures." They were like, "I can't believe I'm at the gym, listening to you talk about your flaccid penis." And I was like, "Hey, you, you subscribe for a reason." <laughs> yeah. And then they messaged me like twenty minutes later. Oh my god! Now it's just your cum. <laughs> and I was like,
2: "Wow, you got to play-by-play of man." When listens, I'm at the, the gym, broadcast. I
0: gotta be listening to some like fucking hard music. You yeah. know, like I don't, I don't, I don't think I could handle. Listening to, uh, well, definitely couldn't handle listening to myself fucking talk at the gym. That's for goddamn <laughs> that's sure. That's not
2: your favorite place to review <laughs> topics? <laughs> yeah, that no. Um, so how much do you know about, uh, John Harvey Kellogg?
0: Oh, he's fucky. Uh, yeah, yeah This uh, that's the, um, that's the Kellogg's guy. The guy, the guy that behind, uh, he was a charlatan, I think. And, uh, the guy behind Kellogg's cornflakes and my, my favorite Frosted Flakes. Um, he,
2: he, he would be, if he, if he, he's probably rolled, he over Mormon, in
0: it, right? or, rolled
2: over in your, uh, is that the Adventist church?
0: Oh, maybe, maybe it's Seventh
2: day Adventist church. Yeah. There were all, I don't really want to talk about him. Um, but, um, I'll tell you, I'll just give you a little brief overview of how he came to my attention. Um,
0: sorry. Sure, yeah. It's a, a Protestant Christian dom- denomination. It's not, uh, it's not Mormon. I take that back.
2: Um, we also share the same birthday. I'm just seeing as I'm looking at oh, yeah? his Wikipedia, yeah, cool. February 26th.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, but he was born in 1852 and, um, yeah, he did all kinds of, he had all kinds of theories that we're, we won't talk about today. He did
0: some weird stuff on masturbation, didn't he?
2: He did. Yes.
0: I, I know some of this. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. He had some, <laughs> yeah, some yeah. pretty strong opinions about <laughs> masturbation. Yeah. Um, but actually what I, so I came across him in this this time because he is known as like uh he established um a sanatorium uh based on hydrotherapy so i'm my school is the canadian college of massage and hydrotherapy okay. so we talked about uh john harvey kellogg in school and huh. um sort of his theories around hydrotherapy which like can you separate that yeah. from all the shitty things like that he believed in anyway um <laughs> but one of the things that caught my eye about him in cornflakes in particular uh, was this word that I was really surprised I had never seen before, which is an aphrodisiac. Not aphrodisiac, an aphrodisiac. Oh, okay. Anna. Not an
0: un- aphrodisiac.
2: No. An aphrodisiac. An aphrodisiac. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So his, his thing about cornflakes Like, he promoted, like, really bland, non-stimulating food.
0: Yeah. Because. Yeah, like, yeah, right. Because, like, right, cornflakes were made to make you not horny, right? Exactly. Man, that's crazy because cornflakes make me horny as fuck. (laughs) Why? Oh, anything that, like. Well, anything. Anything that that, that tastes great. Doesn't make it, doesn't, anything, everything makes But he would
2: roll in his grave if he heard that you liked frosted flakes or that you would put sugar on cereal. You know yeah, what I right. Mean? Right. It's not meant for but that. But even
0: cornflakes without sugar is so good.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, so uh, <laughs> an aphrodisiac came up. Um, an aphrodisiac. Yeah. And uh, I'm just going to read you this, this little uh, Wikipedia definition. It says, uh, an an, an aphrodisiac yep. is a substance that quells or blunts the libido. Um, <laughs> it is the opposite of an aphrodisiac. Some people use anaphrodisiacs in order to curb a very high libido or due to hypersexuality. Um, and so uh, some common anaphrodisiacs are alcohol and tobacco. This is something that... Um, I'm
0: sorry. Did you say common anaphrodisiacs mm-hmm. are tobacco and alcohol? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Is that true?
2: Well... It's typically an unintended consequence um, and not usually the main reason for use. Uh, while alcohol is used socially because it initially reduces mental inhibitions, studies have shown that over time, alcohol physically decreases arousal huh. and makes achieving climax more difficult. So that's a hundred percent the case for me. I cannot come. Sure, sure, if I'm sure, drunk. sure.
0: That makes sense to me. And like, if I drank too much, it's like I, good luck even getting hard. Right. Wait. Um, nic- nicotine does the same thing. Uh,
2: uh, uh, tobacco i don't know if tobacco, it's the nicotine. tobacco is nicotine is it they're equivalent
0: well i mean you know that's or tobacco has nicotine why do it. people use tobacco they don't use it they use it for the nicotine
2: okay i don't really know that much about it but i do Fuck, it did do i have
0: to stop doing sn- s- fucking snot no snooze? because
2: you probably are on this on the more hypersexual side of things right so you're probably fine it's probably just Keeping you at a healthy, regular. How would I
0: Google this? Does nicotine cause what is it called, it, like impotence?
2: Uh, well, it's gonna say hundred percent yes. That's written all over the cigarette packages.
0: It does it? Oh, oh wow! Oh wow! Well, yeah, because I don't smoke, so I don't see that shit. And all the all the all the warnings on this thing are in in Swedish. Denna halsen So I I can't even pronounce this last word because it's twenty two letters. For de Frank Melden.
2: Uh, so in this article, ah. it says studies have evaluated the effect of herbal anaphrodisiacs on men and women. These include studies on the effect of substances on both hormone levels and behavior. Um, so the mechanism of the active component of some plant-based anaphrodisiacs may be the inhibition of enzymes hmm. that catalyze the conversion of sex hormone uh, precursors into andro. Androsten androstenedione, uh, which promotes the reduction of sexual urges.
0: Yeah, so it says here, um, cigarettes contain up to forty-one thousand chemicals. Oh my God! Some of which, uh, which is not in this, right, folks,
2: in your sluice. If, you, if snooze, snooze.
0: Uh, Those chemicals don't exist in this, Uh, which some of that can cause ED, such as acetone, arsenic, and carbon monoxide. Those are all bad things. Male smokers have an increased risk of ED due to the damage those chemicals can do to their blood vessels, narrowing the arteries and causing poor blood supply to the penis. Nicotine has a direct effect on the blood vessels that carry blood to the penis by reducing the blood flow, and and this makes getting and maintaining erection difficult is uh, advised to avoid all types of tobacco and nicotine. (laughs) Fuck.
2: Is this news to you? Yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't know. Oh, no. I'm so sorry.
0: Dang, because like, I was like, I mean, I thought nicotine was like a vasodilator. I could be wrong about that. But like when I do this stuff, Mm -hmm. it's like drinking a coffee. Right. I got to shit immediately, like a coffee. Okay, I can I can think more clear like a coffee. Yeah, right.
2: Um, a vasodilator. I'm gonna yeah. Google that because it. I wonder if they have to be. Nicotine constricts blood vessels, oh. including those in the skin and coronary blood vessels, <laughs> but dilates blood vessel in skeletal muscle, in muscles. So oh. it powers up your muscles. Wow.
0: That's- so this would be good for my pre workouts. To a little bit nicotine before I hit the gym, yeah. Because I've been going to the gym. I don't know if you noticed.
2: Yeah, you're huge.
0: Getting a little bit bigger.
2: Yeah, lots yeah. of muscle tone. Yeah. Patreon.com/slash me on yeah, if, if you, you want to get a good look, look these muscles. at muscles. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
2: have you ever heard the word onanism? <laughs> no. It means masturbation, but it was just a it's just an older way of onanism. Onanism, like.
0: I'm going to I'm going to go onanism or I'm going to uh I'm going to take part in some onanism.
2: Um I'm going to take part in some onanism right. or um self abuse as John Harvey <laughs> Kellogg would call it.
0: <laughs> some mutual self abuse with me and my partner.
2: Exactly. Uh I I just thought that was really interesting because I'm taking another after my very bad hangover on Monday. Uh, another little break from alcohol and I I and, and actually cannabis. Um because i i suspect i don't know like where we're at with uh scientific studies on cannabis I, I i'm i'm assuming even before it sort of got legalized here it's been underway regularly on an ongoing on an ongoing basis but that being said you do need funding to to do experiments and and things like that so maybe not but i i do i wonder and we've talked about this on the show quite a bit but um if cannabis might might also have some an an aphrodisiac
0: really because i thought that made people horny
2: i don't know if it makes people horny or if it one relaxes people Mm -hmm. makes them potentially a little more aware of their body and and sensation i don't know if it if that actually is is the same thing as making someone horny right
0: sure yeah yeah it's true but uh, because like i've we've spoken to people on on my other podcasts sick boy. Maybe you've heard of it. Um, about with people that have like things like vaginosis, Mm -hmm. you know, like where, right. And where weed actually like really helps them. Like
2: a more of an, like a relaxant kind of way. It
0: allows, it it allows the, or even like PVD, like, um, um, what's PVD stand for again? Um, uh, I forget, I forget what the P is. Oh, provoked, uh, Vestibulodynia. Oh, yeah. Which also the weed apparently helps a lot. Okay. With that. So like pain, painful sex and like, and like. Yeah. Like weed sort of helps there.
2: Well, here's the thing. When cannabis is used as me- like medicinally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's probably all right but when it's, it's used being, chronically yeah it's
0: being abused
2: what ends up happening yeah. what i was reading about is is particularly how it can inhibit your reward your reward center of your sure. mind yeah so you don't necessarily um because it affects uh your dopamine yeah um it can by the sounds of it my interpretation of what i was reading is that it can um It can inhibit the user from experiencing like basically that sense of satisfaction um, about having accomplished something. And if you don't feel rewarded by your efforts, Mm. you're less motivated to do the thing.
0: Right. So in turn you'd be less motivated to fuck.
2: I I think, I think so. Like you might get less gratification Mm. from Interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. It's an untested theory, but as a, I would say, chronic cannabis user of twenty years now.
0: If you, you've you've yeah. noticed that?
2: Well, I don't know if I've noticed that because I, you know, that's half my life. Right. I know I was already a pretty like emotionally fragile person growing up, but um, and and you know, sad a lot. I, I'm not equating depression with, um, you know, the effects of chronic cannabis use, obviously, but um. I don't know, so I kind of just, yeah. you know, the longest I've I've probably taken a break from it in the last twenty years is maybe a couple of months. Yeah, right. And um, and and similar with alcohol and and uh, and you know, I'm still I'm still really hung up on my own libido and like my own like level of hypo or hyper sexuality and yeah. trying to make sense of it all. Um, so yeah, I don't know how long I would have to get those things both out of my system before I could actually start mm. seeing some results. But I am curi- particularly around the whole motivation thing, not just with sex, but in general, yeah. like having that sense of motivation and then achievement when something is
0: done. Yeah. Interesting. I, yeah, <clears throat> I've never really, I, I haven't, I mean, I, I was abusing alcohol pretty, pretty heavily there during COVID.
2: Yeah. Same.
0: But I i have always been pretty horny. Yeah. Like I've always been pretty hyper, ready to go yeah and uh even when i was drinking way too much so
2: maybe that's more of a uh escapism thing in yeah. that case yeah like pairing like alcohol and even the sexuality sex yeah, yeah, yeah as yeah. A, yeah. a bit of escapism
0: totally yeah
2: i don't know anywho yeah, I just, I, I wanted to get that, those couple new words off my chest. That's really, and then everything what's else the What's the
0: masturbation word again? Onanism. Onanism. I don't, it doesn't, it's not a, it doesn't feel good in the mouth.
2: It doesn't roll off the tongue.
0: Onanism. No, I don't like that word very much.
2: Uh, I, I don't know if I can pull it up here in a timely manner, but I did read a really, uh, actually, it made onanism. This was a, a, Kellogg was able to draw upon many medical sources' claims Uh, Kellogg was a specially zealous campaigner against masturbation. Um,
0: What a fucking loser.
2: Yeah. Uh, He was able to draw upon many medical sources claims such as, quote, Neither the plague, nor war, nor smallpox, nor similar diseases have produced results so disastrous to humanity as a pernicious habit of onanism.
0: <laughs> he was the type of guy that for sure believed that, like, you jerk off enough, you'll you'll start growing hair out of your palms.
2: You'll like this. Kellogg strongly warned against the habit, in his own words, claiming of masturbation-related deaths. Such a victim literally dies by his own hand.
0: <laughs> Who's dying from jerking off?
2: Uh, people of masturbating with toothpaste. Too yeah, much, yeah, I swear, yeah
0: I that'd be it. Well, folks, thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed this uh, this very fun episode, <laughs> OG episode of uh, Turn Me On Podcast. Uh, thanks for supporting the podcast. You can continue to do so by leaving a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. We love seeing those. And uh, you can simply rate the podcast on on your Spotify mobile app if you're listening over there. Um, and I'm sure there's lots of other places where you can do those sorts of things, you know, wherever you find podcasts. <laughs> Uh, and to our patrons, we love you. Thank you so much. Um, always nice to see new patrons hopping on board. Patreon.com slash turn me on if you want to be one of those. And again, you can watch the uh the host segments over there. Other than that, uh send us an email. Send us an email, right? Reach out. Let's chat. Turn me on podcast at gmail.com. If you want to be a guest like Kay was today, or if you have a brain boner, or if you just have uh, if you just want to let me know what um let me know anything about uh, UTIs or sounding.
2: Oh, yeah. And for anybody who um, is a new listener, a brain boner, which we haven't done in a long time, is is really a, a question or a, a query for advice from Jeremy yeah. and I. There's some friendly pals uh, offering some friendly pal advice uh, about really anything sex, dating, relationships.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, that is it for this week. Um, until next week,
2: go touch yourself.